When life kicks mud in your face, most of us, and most animals, would give up or bemoan our misfortune. But the bottlenose dolphin is smarter than that. It takes that mud and makes some lemonade, which isn't a great material to make lemonade out of, but it gets the job done when it comes to tricking a bunch of fish to jump directly into your open jaws. But that's just how the bottlenose snatches up its supper here in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie Michelle for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, search Cassie Michelle on YouTube. And today we're talking about one of the most famous sea animals of all time, the white hat to the black hat of the great white shark, though PR can be deceiving. But more on that later. I, I, I understand all the words you said but I don't understand how this the sentence you put together there. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure which parts. The white hat and black a, it, hat of the of the great white so shark. The meaning the white hat, you know, in old like western fiction. Yeah, I know, I, I do know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I feel like in a public perception. Oh, the dolphins are the good guys, great white sharks are the bad guys. Got it. Yes. Got it. I thought you were talking about SEO. <laughs> that's true. That, well, that's just another thing uses that the, the white the trope. and black hat metaphor lends itself to. Yep, yep. What would we be talking about? Who's the who's the good guy if the great white shark is the bad guy? Who saves the humans when the great white shark is well, trying to get them? According to the the mainstream media, it's uh, it's the bottlenose dolphin. They're the good guys. Yeah, just the evil, evil great white sharks trying to feed themselves that eat fish i think it's just because the seals sharks end up kill more kill humans they definitely eat seals and dolphins typically do not but they're they're rude they're rude boys they're rude boys we're gonna learn about that but first you got names for it what should we call I it do so it's the bottlenose dolphin it's just a it's a big mouthful like a lot of animals so we're gonna call it here bottle bailey which is a callback to just one Sunday comic. <laughs> oh, um, Beetle Bailey. Thought it was something to do with Irish cream or something. No, no, no. You ever? Do you never read Beetle Bailey? Yeah, I okay, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bottle Bailey. I mean, I don't know if I've read it, but I know it exists. It's it's definitely there. Is that the guy that's like in the army? Yeah, and he's got his helmet that covers his face. So you can never see it. He's always against this yellow uniform wearing sergeant who's mad at him and he's just so lazy it doesn't really <laughs> describe the dolphins dolphins are not lazy uh it's like a gomer pile type situation yeah yeah um we we'll also call it the silver surfer mm-hmm. because it has the power to bend the universe to its will um and the Ninevan fish slapper <laughs> <laughs> I okay. figure out what how you called someone from Nineveh, but uh, demonyms weren't really a big thing back then when Nineveh was a place that people lived in. So just kind of... Nineveh. Yeah, the Nineveh. 
uh, just went with it. I guess Assyrian would be correct, but yeah. Um, that's a call back to uh, the VeggieTales Jonah movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, as a little bit of a euphemism for how evil Nineveh was, they just slap each other with fish. Which is just so silly. But how about what? Well, where, where's how does this taxonomize? Let's talk taxonomy. It's in the kingdom you know, love, and are in the kingdom Animalia. Also, it's in Eukaryota again. Are we saying the it's domain that, now? I think. Well, I think Wikipedia has just started doing. I that, think including. I think that. we can. Yeah, that's another one. Just like kingdom Animalia, that we can we can safely say is just always there. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's the it's in the phylum Chordata, mm-hmm. the class Mammalia, mm-hmm. a sea mammal, and the order is Artiodactyla, which means it's a horse. which means deer. No, it's not a horse. Wait, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It means deer, it's, not horse. It's not it's a horse because defi- a horse is an odd. It's toad. definitely not a horse. It's a cow. It looks nothing like a horse, Joe. It looks far more like an elk. So. That's classify it with the elks yeah. and the deer it's in the, the infra order cetacea which means dolphins and whales and is that it dugongs i don't think so i don't think so but uh, it's in the family delphinidae which means it's, it comes from delfino plaza it's in the genus Terciops, Terciops, sure. and it's the species Truncatus. Truncatus, Terciops, Truncatus. Yeah, trunk, Truncatus, cat in the trunk. Truncatus, Everdeen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so since we're in the business of naming things, Catness Everdeen, uh, it's time for my favorite part of the show, and that. Part of the show is critter groups. Part of the show where I ask you a question, Joe, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? And we're talking about dolphins. Also, the term venery or the collective noun um, will suffice. So, you got a group of dolphins, and it's not going to be as easy as you might think it would be on the outset. Um, would you call that group of dolphins A, a team of dolphins B, a squad of dolphins C, a clique of dolphins or D, a plow of dolphins A squad, a plow What were the other ones? Uh, it's team, squad, clique, and plow I'm going to go with click. final answer That is incorrect Unfortunately It is a well, team no. They are a team of dolphins that makes sense, but they're sort of squad. Yeah, I, that it all made sense to me, except for plow. I kind of just pulled that one out. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the first answer would be pod, but I found another one. So yes, a team, a team of bottlenose dolphins. Interesting. Would you like to have this thing described? I would like that. Yes, please. Okay, so. This is the dolphin, the one you know, the gray smiling torpedo of the lagoon. We're talking the cylindrical nose that widens into a submarine-shaped head adorned with two gentle monocular eyeballs. These grabies 
have two. <laughs> these gravies have two pectoral flippers and a dorsal fin that's located toward the middle of their backs. Their bodies taper to a horizontal tail, and their blowholes are located at the top of their heads for easy breathing access. This is this is the bottlenose dolphin. You this know it. This is the dolphin. If you have a toy of a this dolphin, is the it's this dolphin. one. Most likely. If you've seen a dolphin perform e- either in person or on TV, it's probably this one. Yeah. But that's all I got. Except for, would you... I mean, how big is this thing? I feel like you've seen it on TV. You've seen it, like, from a distance. But how big is it? Is it huge? Is it tiny? Well, let's find out. It's just your perspective, you know? If you're a right whale, it's probably pretty tiny. If you're a leapcutter ant, it's probably pretty big. I'm, I'm happy to know that, you know, the show is reaching different demographics. But yeah, both right whales and leafcutter ants listen to this show. We need to be uh, especially careful with... Right down, the, right down the center of the aisle. Yeah. On the right whale, the left cutter ant... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow, that really lent itself to that joke. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. The part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words Measure Up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new Measure Up intro this week, and that's your yes, fault. Yes, we do. We yeah, do? Look at your look at the email. Well, then it sounds like we have a new measure up next week. No, it has to be this week. Uh, okay. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. It's time to see how many things go into other things measure up. Who could that be? That sounds like you. Is that some him? <laughs> sounds like a him. Is that some him? Is that the doxology? It's uh, it's just yeah. It's the it's it's the wedding march. You didn't think I'd Is let it? this pass by. I now when this episode comes out, obviously the date will have passed. But we are recording this just a few days before the end of your singlehood. So That's I true. wanted to commemorate that. For those of you that don't know. Joe's getting married in just three days. <laughs> Friday. So this will be, when you're hearing this, I'll be four days in. Yeah, he can give you all of the marriage counseling after that period. Yeah, so on Wednesday, I can tell you what works and what yeah, doesn't. Yeah, I, I, on Wednesday, you can tweet him for marriage advice. Right now, who knows? Communication? Yeah, I don't he has know. no idea. At this point, he's just he's just planning on playing video games from dawn to dusk and, and having that be his, his strategy. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's what she'll like. Yeah. Definitely uh definitely walling yourself off emotionally is is probably the way to go. <laughs> but uh, never opening up or never solving any problems. Going to bed angry I've heard going to bed angry. Like working up an anger and then hitting the pillow. Yeah. Like that's what you, you need. just got to take all your emotions and everything you're feeling about a situation and bottlenose dolphin those up right, right <laughs> into the, the, the bottom of your heart. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll find out on, on Wednesday, I guess 
if that's if that's the case. Yeah. Well, I mean, if anyone's listening to this, the you're, I mean, we're one day away. This is coming out one day before your uh, Wednesday, which is when you can tweet at him. So, so, so do that. Just tweet us in general. We we just like to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for the 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 doxology, uh, the wedding doxology. It was, it was it was worth doing a measure up myself. The first <laughs> one. What if I? What if I? We had just like, oh, we'll do that next time. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, you gotta do it now. Well, next time there's going to be an ocean themed animal sound, <laughs> <laughs> regardless of the animal. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk the length. It is four meters or thirteen feet. That's the upper. That's the upper end of average. So they can be smaller, but thirteen feet is their upper range okay so how many of the largest bottles of wine go into the length of a bottlenose dolphin the largest bottles of wine the largest bottle of wine how many of them hmm so you can fill anything with wine oh this is a specific like a it's it's bottled wine here's a hint the largest bottle of wine is a german bottle that holds an austrian hundred days zwiegelt of which is red wine uh the bottle was presented at a chinese restaurant in austria in 2017 where it was meant to age for several more years before being auctioned off for charity however temperature problems caused the wine to expand spilling 230 liters onto the floor 230 liters and the, like the your story indi- seems to indicate that, that that's not all of it. The, the entire thing didn't spill, just some of it. It does sound like there was some still left. <laughs> well, now I'm thinking the other, the opposite. Now I'm befuddled. <laughs> 230 liters is a lot. I can't visualize exactly how much that is. It could be, it could be wide. It could be a wide bottle or a tall bottle probably a little bit of both but which one uh i'm gonna say this bottle of wine was six feet let's say 6.5 that would be huge but 230 liters that might be a a lot (laughs) it might be um so i mean what that's that's a lot it's like it's like 120 Sprite bottles. Uh, yeah, so I'll say six feet. Mm, seems like a lot, but we'll go with it. Or six and a half feet, just so I can say two. The answer is two. Two bottles, final answer. Yes. The correct answer was 1.3 bottles. Oh. The bottle was 9.8 feet high. I was relatively close-ish. I was 0.7 off. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true a, it's, i mean it's a huge percentage of between zero and two but still <laughs> very true uh but let's move on to weight they are 300 and kil- 300 kilograms or 660 pounds how many atlantic herring would a dolphin have to eat to eat its weight in herring here's a hint 
Atlantic herring are bigger than both Pacific and Baltic herring. And if you're wondering, herring? I thought they ate fish. I'd say to you, Fival, herring are fish. <laughs> Is that a quote from the movie? Because I don't remember it. That is a quote from the movie. To understand the reference, there's a link on the website. You're going to link to a f- quote from Amer- an American tale? I was, <laughs> but it's. I think it's a fun little thing to drive clicks. You know, if you want to guess the re- get the reference. But now they know. Well, e- either way, you can watch the scene. It's fun. Um, you did say Fievel. There's really no... I don't know. <laughs> There's really no mystery there. Um, what did you, how, how heavy is it? 660 pounds or 300 kilograms. Okay, so I'm going to say a herring is a half a pound. So I will say 1,320. 1,320 herring. Final answer. Uh, yes. The correct answer is 440. Oh, Atlantic herring are 700 grams or 1.5 pounds. Oh, boy. Again, I've oh, uh, underestimated really like, the weight of fish. <laughs> you get like a little can of tuna and you don't realize that's a huge fish. Well, like tuna I know is huge, but I just I picture herring as being smaller. Maybe I'm thinking of mackerel. Just like your generic like schooling bait fish. Well, at least it's not a holy mackerel. They're lighter than air because they're floating on angel wings. That's um, how being holy works. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what J.C. Ryle. That's what J.C. Ryle says. <laughs> <laughs> this is the back of the book just says, if you want to float on angel wings, this is the guide to do that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Archbishop of Canterbury. <laughs> Be set apart from the ground. <laughs> um, let's talk fast facts. Bottlenose dolphins are found in temperate to tropical waters all over the world, but they generally stay out of the Arctic and Antarctic zones. Same. Me too. Whoa, that's so crazy. They're both (laughs) us and the dolphins, right? Just the three of us. Uh, They are (laughs) both inch. There are both inshore and offshore populations with some subtle physical variations between them, like coloration and stuff like that. They have these happy go lucky. Seabros like to eat eels, squid, shrimp, and all manner of fish, including herring. Despite their formidable set of teeth, they prefer to swallow prey whole. They locate prey with echolocation, which is similar to sonar. High-pitched sounds are emitted that bounce off prey and tell dolphins where they are. Uh, They can also use sounds for communication as well as body language, like slapping the water or breaching. Dolphins breed in the spring, mostly. Uh, Males form roving bands of lady seekers to find suitable mates. When located, they separate her from her home range. Uh, But then the Wikipedia page gracefully skips over what happens next. And females can bear caves. Calves. They're called calves, too? Yep. Like whales. They're cetaceans. Yeah. I would call them pups, kind of like a sea lion. A pup? I I mean, I don't know. If they're more like whales. Oh, you know what? You're right. They are cetaceans, so yeah. But they think, see, they think that dog-like creatures evolved to dolphins. What? 
Anyway, females can bear calves every three to six years, ensuring they never have the dreaded two under two. I didn't know that was a thing. In the wa- in two under two? Like two kids under two years old at the same time? Oh, they, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> in the wild, dolphins live for about 17 years, but they can live up to 51 years in captivity. It's an old dolphin. It, is that would be crazy if like you got abducted by aliens and it like doubled your lifespan more than doubled <laughs> your lifespan because you didn't have to deal with the stress of everyday life they just took care of you but then but you, then you're bored yeah all you had the to time. just sit and sit in a, in a box a glass box and they pumped uh fluids into you and you lived for like 120 years or something like that what would what would an alien idea of human enrichment be? I wonder. You know, enrichment. It's like stuff they put in, like zoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Probably like a PS Five. <laughs> and and, and Chick Fil A. That's really like. I remember as a you know early teens. I I my my idea of heaven was uh, just like a giant screen TV with a PlayStation that could also dispense chick-fil-a sandwiches to me mine was like a a scrooge mcduck style pile of reese's cups (laughs) that did not melt with my body i like yours better although i would definitely get sick within 10 minutes i i had no concept of that when it came to reese's cups when i was a because they're so rare and so valuable that you can't you can't possibly even have enough to make you sick yeah, because back then, like when, even like Halloween, nowadays you Halloween like you, they're giving you like candy bars left and right, like chocolate bars. But back then, it was all like Jolly Ranchers and small hard candies, and I'm like, I don't care about these fruit snacks. People, well, B- Bibby, I want chocolate Bibby loves the hard candy. Um, some people yeah, love no, hard candy. I want candies. the chocolate for sure. I want some Milky Ways. I want some Snickers. I want, but, but Reese's Peanut Butter Cup is just like the that's the tree star of Halloween candy. <laughs> it's the tree star. It's the crabby. It's patty. rare and delicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sharks avoid dolphins because they bully them. Pods attack and kill sharks when they find them. Their group tactics and superior maneuverability make them formidable to a single shark. So really, they're the black hat like Butch Cassidy gang. Uh, in in this in this white hat black hat scenario, because in the sea, perhaps they yeah. they uh they ride up with their with their posse and you know attack the 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 lone ranger. <laughs> uh, I think orcas are probably the blackest of fish, blackest of hats. Yeah, in the sea, but when it comes to like human conflict, sharks kind of take public opinion true 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 uh i i in doing research for this i watched a video that unironically called orcas grampus dolphins like they just dropped it like i'm supposed to like like i would have known that and like, Gra- wow. what yeah remember when you said grampus was something that they call orcas just like it's something they call pill bugs for some reason. Yeah, they just they, they just said it, and they said it. Grampus dolphins. Gramps. <laughs> what is this? It's 
Why are they related to the evil Santa? Is this some like animal researcher like inside joke? Just every animal is that's um I mean pill bugs what there's nothing that orcas and pill bugs have in common <laughs> except they the, they're a, a general oval shape. They don't even both have gills. One's on land and it has its gills and one's in the water and it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, it's almost intentional how different yeah, they are. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. Anyway, I'm not calling them Grandpa's dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> Orca definitely works yeah, for me. Sure. They use up and down tactics, which their horizontal tail fins allow them to dominate shark mobility with. Um, so they'll ram sharks' bellies and gills until they die or flee. But there have been some sharks that have been found with dolphin parts in them, so they get they they get back at them in some situations, I suppose. It's not like the uh, sperm whale versus giant squid, where the giant squid literally never wins. Yeah, I feel like sharks probably almost never win, but sometimes they'll catch something by itself and. Or like the mongoose king cobra thing, where the king cobra almost never wins. Yeah, I, that that that's crazy. Go back and listen to our mongoose episode because I couldn't believe that th- that it's almost unheard of for the mongoose to lose. I thought it was like a, at least a sixty forty situation, but nope. But not this time. And find out and find out how many mongooses go into a rain cloud, <laughs> a cumulus cloud. Yeah, <laughs> it's more than you think. Yes. Yeah. So, because of their relative intelligence, dolphins display some humanesque tendencies, including sophisticated social structures and a large brain-to-body ratio. Intelligence tests found that they are not only capable of solving complex and novel tasks, and Side note, a novel task is a task that's difficult, that is not something that a dolphin would normally encounter. Like showering. Like opening a canister of fish, you know? Like they wouldn't normally, they have to catch fish. Maybe sometimes they have to root them out of like little rock tunnels or something. But they're, they're like a, like an actual canister of fish. So they don't normally have to do that, and they were able to figure it out. But not only that, they were able to complete novel tasks that require cooperation. So, like, they, 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 one of the things that they had them do was, like, there was, like, a PVC pipe that had fish inside it. Like, and and, and you could get to it by pulling the two halves, kind of like, um, like a, cap, a pill capsule, pulling them apart, and each side had a rope on it. So what needed to happen was two dolphins had to grab each of the ropes. Oh, because if you pulled on one side, it, it would just pull. It would just pull the whole thing in one direction. Right. Huh. That that's pretty cool. And they were able to do it. And uh, one <laughs> one dolphin zealously ate up the fish, and the other one was upset. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like. And, and then booped um, him to death. <laughs> uh. They can also associate visual symbols with an action they already know, like assigning uh, the the letter X to um, speaking, right, to making a, sound, a vocalization. So they were able to do that, recognize that X means to speak. 
Um, and then self-recognition in mirrors is inconclusive. So they may or may not be self-aware. Um, like the studies they've done, maybe, like because they'll make different vocalizations when they see it, see them see themselves in a mirror. But like younger calves will bring others, like they'll go in social groups to a mirror. It, it's so it, it could be that like, oh, I don't trust that thing. So let's go in a group or I don't know who that is. Let's go in a group. Or it could be like, come look at my, let's look at each other in the mirror. Like, we don't really know. That's interesting that there, that there's conclusive evidence about like the manta ray and mirrors, um, but not the dolphin. You'd think it would, it's a sure thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because like we have so many in captivity and we, there's so many humans with dolphin relationships that. You know, they we'd think you'd think that, that that would be like the first thing. Monkeys, dolphins, like dogs, cats. We tested them with the mirror. Bears, bears Done. are pretty smart. Pigs are smart too. I get I guess it's it's it might be because dolphins are so complex in their social behaviors that it's a more a less sophisticated social They're animal. Better than that. <laughs> like we we know the difference between like manta rays and like interacting with other manta rays and manta rays just by themselves it's easier to tell but dolphins like when we're talking about orcas orcas have different pod to pod social like languages so it's hard to tell like is this just you think it's a stranger or do you think like it's yourself or do you think that you know you it's hard to tell it's more studies Sure. Yeah. More studies. <laughs> it was one of those studies that was like, the conclusion is we need more studies. Which is every study. The conclusion <laughs> yeah. is it was the data was inconclusive and we need more studies. We need more grants. Yeah. The conclusion is give us more money so that w- so we can yes, study so we more can stuff. Look at, look at things and and have dolphins look at each other. <laughs> yeah. Or themselves. Uh, the bottlenose dolphins are listed as least concerned by the IUCN, um, but they can be threatened by things like marine pollution and tuna fishing, which has some collateral damage. Hmm. But that's all I got. All right. And considering how big tuna can get, they being caught in a net with a tuna would probably be pretty dangerous for a dolphin. Um, all right, so it's time for the major fact. I'm calling this so long and thanks for all the fish. So like you said, it's no secret that they're unusually intelligent. Um, they have the, those complex social relationships and they have a rudimentary language um, that depending on what you read is either the best thing since sliced cheese or just basically run-of-the-mill animal communication. Um, but in any case, it's still like they're, they're definitely up there on the intelligence list. Uh, but some of the best examples, as you mentioned, of their intelligence comes from their ability to solve problems and not just solving problems, improving on solutions that they already have, make doing things better, uh, optimizing. So the, some bottlenose dolphins uh, live in the brackish estuaries of Florida, of all places. Um, 
just those mangrove uh, areas. If you've ever been to the, you know, the Keys or um, just Southern Florida, there's a lot of uh, brackish water being a mix of fresh and salt water, um, usually kind of brown um, and uh, lined with mangroves that play a vital role in the nutrient recycling through the water. These estuaries are usually really shallow and they are the bottom is lined with silt which is just if you've ever gone we've Joe and I you, you know I've gone kayaking in South Florida quite a bit and when you go and step out into the silt and it's just like melted marshmallow fluff for like a foot and a, and a half at the bottom um it's 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 kind of a it's a gross but oddly satisfying feeling if you, if you step in it with your bare feet. Um, but it's mostly like decomposing plant matter and stuff. Uh, but as the dolphins swim through this really shallow water, the silt kicks up, making it, you know, difficult to see. Uh, and so other dolphins and a lot of animals would see this lack of visibility as a hindrance. But the bottlenose uses it to 10x his lead gen efforts. <laughs> I'm in full business mode here. Uh, so a group of bottlenoses will use a technique known as mud ringing. And that will cause the fish to literally jump into their mouths. Kind of like when Jesus showed Peter a thing or two about fishing. <laughs> so I got, uh, this is another um, result of my, uh, Bibby and my uh, uh, binge watching of all the Disney nature series. Go watch the Dolphin Reef um, documentary to see what I'm talking about. So, but here's how mud ringing works. When a small team of dolphins finds a a school of fish to munch on, one dolphin will swim around in a circle around the school, cutting them off. And it'll brush its fluke along the silt-covered floor all as as it swims in the circle, which creates an actual ring of mud. And it's amazing because the circle is almost a perfect circle every time. They look at it over like, um, you know, aerial footage. And it's it's crazy how, despite being underwater and having no way to like view it aerially, they still, they don't draw like ellipses or ovals or things like that. It's always a circle, the adults at least. And so when the circle is done, the fish will swim away from the dolphin that finished the ring. Um, They're always swimming away from it, but and then he'll push them through the ring. And when they encounter the mud wall, which isn't really a mud wall, it's just a bunch of disturbed um, silts that's that's just there. Um, So rather than swim through it, which, you know, they're fish, they can do, they'll try to jump over it, out of the ring, and into the you know the water on the other side, and guess who's waiting there? All of the rest of the dolphins are, are waiting there in the exact right position um, for all of these fish to come just jumping directly into their mouths. So sometimes the uh, the dolphin that made the ring can get around there and 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 enjoy the the smorgasbord as well. But uh, they they uh, from what I read they they try to take turns so that uh, everyone gets their fill. So this is unique because other dolphins and even other bottlenoses that don't live in the estuaries, uh, they don't use this technique. I mean, why why would they? It does. It kind of only works in shallow, you know, muddy water. Um, but still, like that means that they 
learned this technique. And in fact, if you watch the Disney Nature documentary, um, there are videos of uh, mothers teaching their calves how to make the mud rings. So, you know, they kind of, I, I said perfect circle every time, but, you know, obviously when they're first doing it, they kind of, they, they, they don't connect all the way. It ends up as this weird spiral and the fish escape or something like that. But um, it's still interesting that, that, like, it's, they already are good at catching fish, they're dolphins, but then they just, they, they found a way to make it so that the fish just literally jump directly into their mouths. <laughs> so, uh, there's, and there's this whole scene in the documentary of just this slow motion, uh, just blissful shower of fish that the dolphins are enjoying. And it just reminded me of that opening scene from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. This is so long and thanks for all the fish. So that's why I call it the that. They're the second most intelligent species in the world. Oh, uh, from the movie. Yeah, and then the third, first is mice, I think. Um, but it's very, it's a, it's a very British thing anyway. So <laughs> that's all I got. Is that all? That's yeah. all I got. Okay. So for you out there in Podcastia, get together with your friends, find a sizable school of delicious mackerel, and if you like it, put a mud ring on it, like the bottlenose dolphin here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Hey, LDT listeners. Thanks for listening to the end of the episode. For your loyalty, you get a shameless self-promotion from us. If you haven't already, leaving a review on your favorite podcast app can really help us grow. But telling your podcast-loving friends about us is even better. Also, don't forget to send in your measure-up intros and animal suggestions to ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. As always, thanks, most of all, for listening. podcast <laughs> Can you hear all that squealing? Mhm. I hope it doesn't make it into the recording. <laughs>